Welcome to Diverse, the podcast of the Society of Women Engineers. SWE supports the advancement of women at all levels in engineering and technology. And one way we do that is through professional development events and online workshops. Visit www.exec.swe.org to learn more about our empowering and engaging three-day event for engineering leaders and executives taking place this June. Or attend one of our three virtual Reignite Your Light workshops designed to help women engineers at every level find happiness, balance, and direction in their careers. To learn more, visit advancedlearning.swe.org. Now let's get to today's diverse episode. Hi, I'm Rachel Morford, President of the Society of Women Engineers. Welcome to SWE's Diverse Podcast Series. Please remember to add this podcast to your iTunes and like or follow us on social media. Visit SWE.org for more details. I'm joined today by Mark Jopru, who is the head of consumer segment and service robotics for ABB in the United States. He also leads sales for the ABB robotics and machine automation business area in the U.S. Mark holds a Bachelor of Science degree in mechanical engineering from MSOE, the Milwaukee School of Engineering, and a Master of Science degree in industrial distribution from Texas A&M University. Thanks so much for joining us today, Mark. My pleasure. Thanks for asking me. Thanks for having me on. You received your bachelor's in mechanical engineering. Can you tell us what drew you to that area in particular? Sure. I've always enjoyed mechanics and how things move and fit together. And I think it probably started for me at a very tender age. As a, as a young person, I was uh, into bicycles and not just riding them, but I like to take them apart. And uh, whether it's fixing a flat tire or rebuilding my gear set or my hubs on my uh, bikes when I was probably in middle school. That's probably what drew me at the beginning. And then turns out I was pretty good at math and always really enjoyed uh, math and mechanics. And so when I was trying to decide on a major, uh, I was always also somewhat uh, pragmatic about it and, and say, how can I how can I go into something that uh, I really enjoy and maybe I'm good at, as well as it seems like engineering is a field where uh, you can make a little money and is really needed out there. So it really seemed to be a great fit for me to go into mechanical engineering from that standpoint. You'll have to share if you still take your bikes apart <laughs> now that you're a full-time employee. And, and I've graduated to taking cars apart now, and uh, but I still have uh, two bikes at the house uh, that I play with a lot. It's a good graduation from bikes to cars. <laughs> <laughs> so you work in the exciting world of robotics, and I know that we have a lot of listeners who find that field to be incredibly interesting and are in it themselves. Can you tell us what your normal day is like? I appreciate your acknowledgement. Robotics for us, not just uh, for me at ABB where I work, but also in general, it's really exciting for us to come to work every day and get to play with uh, robots. So what we do every day or what I do every day in robotics are we deploy robots in industrial applications to try to help our customers essentially improve their productivity, meet maybe regulatory engagement requirements that they have. And finally, try to really eliminate dull, dirty, and dangerous jobs are what we talk a lot about. And so if you think of 
a, a robot in a industry application, whether that is welding a car frame together or painting a car uh, to more of a think about a consumer applications where we're either doing some packaging or material handling logistics with robotics could be palletizing packages together or helping uh, the distribution of goods uh, through a distribution center. There's so much going on in e-commerce uh, right now. That's a lot of what we're doing in robotics every day. And I'm the vice president of both sales and I, I run the business for the consumer area, which for us means uh, using it in food and beverage and consumer packaged goods, life science applications, where we really are, are trying to help people use robots and applications to help improve our daily lives. So it, it's really exciting. Fortunately, I get to deal with a lot of customers and it's almost like I get to go on a field trip every day to see how we're using robots to, let's say, fill detergent bottles or how are we using robots to package different customers' needs. And then unfortunately, because I'm in leadership, I also have to sit in a lot of finance and forecast meetings. Happens to be today, I also got to host a staff meeting where I got to give our entire staff an update on our business environment, what's going on in the economy, what's going on with our own business, what challenges we're having, as well as some of what our customers are asking of us. So, so that's a little overview of a day in the life for me in robotics. Thanks for sharing that. It sounds like you have quite the spectrum of responsibilities and things that you get to do. And I think a lot of our listeners who are in management themselves will appreciate your acknowledgement of some of the both fun and not so fun aspects of being in those roles. Absolutely. One of the reasons you're here today is to discuss male allyship. You and all of ABB have been extremely supportive of SWE, which we very much appreciate. When did your relationship with SWE begin? Well, maybe two parts to that answer. One is um, the company I'm with, ABB. We joined the Corporate Partnership Council uh, only two years ago uh, for SWE. So in 2019, we joined the CPC, Corporate Partnership Council, and I got to attend the SWE 19 conference in Anaheim back in 2019. So exciting for me to be a part of that big conference in California. And I'm actively engaged with our employee resource groups here at ABB. However, I've been aware of SWE ever since uh, college at Milwaukee School of Engineering over 25 years ago. Whether it's uh, engaged with different groups on campus, and uh, I was part of uh, a few different groups, there was always a very active SWE uh, community on our campus at Milwaukee School of Engineering. And so I've known about uh, SWE for a very long time. Great organization, and I'm excited to be more directly involved now. And we're very excited to have you. Hopefully, we'll get to see you at WE21 in Indianapolis in October. I'm glad you mentioned that. I've already signed up for the conference. I have my confirmation. Of course, I'm a member of SWE. And I was just on the website in the last uh, few days. I signed myself up to be a mentor. And so if any of the listeners are out there and looking for a mentor, in, whether it's in leadership or sales, I should be easy to find on the SWE mentor website as well. And I look forward to seeing everyone in Indianapolis uh, next month. 
Great. And thank you for signing up to be a mentor. And I know all of the students who are at the Milwaukee School of Engineering and part of that SWE section are probably appreciating and cheering on as they listen to this to hear about your experiences with their section. Well, and also Texas A&M, where I got my master's degree, uh, shout out to all the Aggies out there uh, as well. Hopefully we can see some of them there too. Absolutely. ABB states that diversity and inclusiveness help us to deliver power and productivity. Why do you think diversity in the robotics industry is so important for future sustainability? Yeah, great question. And I'll probably speak on behalf of all of ABB, not just on behalf of our robotics uh, business that I'm lucky enough to be on the leadership team, but I'll talk about how important diversity is in the future sustainability of not just our business. It's really about diversity of our people and talent, as well as experience that help us drive innovation. And that innovation is required uh, for our business to be sustainable in the long run. I met with a, a client almost 20 years ago that a light bulb went on for me that really was a showcase. And they shared with me, it happened to be Procter & Gamble, and I'm very confident they won't mind me mentioning their name. Met with them, and they talked about their diversity program. And I asked them, why is this so important? They shared with me that our customers are diverse, and we need to be diverse to understand their customers' needs. Furthermore, it's not just about diversity in our own company with our employees. It's about having a diverse supplier base that understands the needs, too. Now that I'm in leadership, I also see that we have to diversify our leadership ranks at the company I work with. And a big part of that is not just the diversity of the people, which is, I call it the mix of, and make sure that let's say we have representation of leadership from women and people of color. But then we also have to, we have to change our culture and create the environment where everybody feels like they can succeed in the long term. And ABB really understands how important that is for us to be successful and sustainable in the long term, that we we have to be able to recruit and we want to bring the benefit of everyone can bring to the party together. And we have to create an environment where they feel safe and feel contributing and feel like they have a place to succeed. So I couldn't be more excited about talking about this topic with you today. Thanks, Mark. I think a lot of what you just touched on as far as the the need to have a diverse group of employees and to create an environment that everyone feels they can be successful in really leads into my next question. ABB announced the 2030 Diversity and Inclusion Strategy last year that includes a goal to double the number of women in leadership positions. What can leaders such as yourself do to help companies reach these kind of ambitious goals? Great question, and thanks for that acknowledgement. ABB does have a goal, and we've announced that by 2030, our goal is to double the number of women in leadership positions, as you've said. And I'm pleased to announce that we are ahead of schedule, and in some instances, particularly in robotics, my global business we have already achieved uh, that target. Right now, and women make up 40% of the global robotics leadership team. I just couldn't be more uh, excited to share that. And it's through a strong, sustained effort to place strong, capable women in those roles. 
it takes everyone though, to your sec, the second part of your question and that what can leaders do to help us reach those goals? It takes everyone. And I mean that it's not just the, let's say the, the senior leadership or the presidents of the business uh, putting senior leadership women in place on the staff, but it's the, let's say mid-level managers uh, creating opportunities with diverse interview panels with diverse interview candidate slates. It's holding ourselves accountable to identifying stretch roles, identifying talent and high performance talent in their early career so that we can uh, establish opportunities for them. And then we also really have to encourage women to apply. Frequently, uh, what we see is that uh, women aren't as, let's say, assertive or aggressive as some of their male counterparts in applying for roles. So we have to be more encouraging uh, with, with some of the women and really showcase their talent. I think that's a really important point, Mark. I know I've heard from a lot of colleagues and other SWE members about being asked to consider applying. And that's something that I know I have personally thought a lot about as we have our SWE leadership positions as well and the importance of making that ask and encouragement. I really agree. If you don't mind me expanding on that. Absolutely. Making the ask is and encouraging uh, them to apply. What, what I've seen and I've read research is that in general, if men, I think if they have five or six of 10 characteristics in a given role, they'll feel confident about applying for that job. While women, if they have even one uh, potential uh, factor or qualifying uh, requirement that they don't feel that they meet, they may not apply uh, for that job. And I think that's something that we have to identify, uh, communicate about, and encourage uh, women to be a little more assertive and uh, stretch. Are there any specific steps that you plan to take to help foster women leaders in your sphere of influence? Yes. I think mentorship to me means is, is one of the most important things. Uh, mentor and encourage female colleagues to apply for stretch opportunities. I mentioned that when I went in to update and register for the conference in Indianapolis, uh, I found the mentoring uh, section on the SWE website. And I was really excited and I immediately signed up and I even put in some hours of when I would be available that I think we need to uh, mentor and encourage women. At the same time, I think organizations need to create equal opportunities for women that women often bear the majority of responsibility for childcare and other ho- household responsibilities that we have to identify ways as leaders of companies to to make them able to uh, take on some of these roles, whether that's help with childcare or help with um, uh, remote work. And we've all learned a lot about remote work over the last year, 18 months, but we have to be more adaptable. Uh, and it's something that's really personal to me because my, my own spouse, and we've been married for over 28 years, when we had our second child nearly 25 years ago, she decided to drop out of the workplace. We made a joint decision. It was really based on the costs at the time. It just didn't pay uh, to have her continue to work based on the cost of childcare. Now, looking back 25 years later, that was a very short-sighted decision based on our finances at the time. And it's something we both regret that uh, she did not necessarily get to extend her career as much as she would have liked to. 
And she's explored opportunities to get back into the workplace. And I've certainly encouraged that, but really a missed opportunity that I want to make sure uh, future women and future women in leadership, that we don't necessarily put those barriers in front of them, or we help them uh, achieve and uh, cross those barriers when they come upon them. Thanks for sharing that, Mark. I think that's such an important and critical part of a lot of decisions that women make, um, engineers and outside of the engineering field. And I liked how you phrased it as a a short-term focus on certain financial conditions at the time and, and not necessarily taking that long view of what is that long what is that longer term impact. I think that's a really good way of looking at it. No, I, I think that's where mentoring I think can help because I didn't necessarily have we, my wife and I didn't necessarily have that coaching at the time. And you're thinking a little bit maybe towards well, we need to make the mortgage payment. We need, you know, how are we going to pay the bills and not necessarily, well, what about five years from now? What about 10 years from now? So if I can help both, whether it's mentoring individuals or trying to create those kind of opportunities or remove those barriers in my organization, that's a big part of my goal. It's a fantastic goal. And I am looking forward to seeing how that works out. Speaking of mentoring, finding a good mentor, we've we've had a lot of conversation. A lot of our conversation has been focused on mentoring, and that's obviously one of the most important things someone can do for their career. Can you tell me what being a good mentor means to you? Well, a big part of mentoring for me means being available. So how uh, and and trying to be disciplined about being available. So. If, when I say being available, it doesn't just mean, hey, pick up the call, phone and call anytime or text me whenever you need to. It's about creating that space where you have some time together uh, and uh, you're both invested in that relationship and maybe have some ground rules of what is the, let's say the person being mentor or the mentee, what what are they trying to achieve and what what are the experiences that the mentor might have that they might be able to share lessons learned, experiences, just a sounding board, helping someone uh, ask questions, be critical, challenging. Uh, But that's what being a great mentor means to me. And it's something that I really enjoy both in my uh, personal life, as well as in my business, let's say, role, both for people that are on my extended team or that are that I have worked with in the past uh, that that continue to reach out. And I like that. It's a long-term continuing relationship. um, It sounds like with that you have with your mentees. Agreed. How can others in your industry or others create more diverse, inclusive environments within their companies and their teams? Be more empathetic Uh, and walk a, walk a mile in their shoes. Try to understand what their what they want to achieve both in their career as well as in their in their job of every day going to work and it's clear not everyone wants to go out for drinks after work Uh, understand your team understand the work dynamics and what works best for them as well as what works best for the individuals Uh, really try to understand what do people like to do what is their family situation like and i think that being empathetic is is the number one. Probably it starts and finishes with that for me. At, at the same time, also create an environment where everyone can be successful. Understand their background. Listen 
try not to speak all the time. Uh, what are the needs and limitations of your employees? Maybe some of them have disabilities. Uh, maybe they have a situation where they can't necessarily stay late uh, after work, but that doesn't mean they don't want to be highly engaged and be a part of the culture uh, and you know, create that team environment. One idea that I heard about recently was take a field trip to a museum instead of a happy hour at the bar. If you're trying to create a situation of innovation and creativity, what better way to take your team to a museum where you can explore and view whether it's works of art or architecture, and then talk about that and think about it. Uh, there's just so many different ways to engage people uh, in different ways that I think we, we hadn't thought about in the past, be that professional, personally, or culturally. So uh, encouraging that creativity, encouraging people to really bring themselves to work uh, and encouraging them to be bold about what their needs are uh, and, and then being strong enough to listen and, and be willing to act on what those, what those needs are. I hadn't heard the idea of going to a museum rather than a bar, but that sounds like a great way to spark some creativity and, and get people into a different environment where they can engage in a whole new way. So thank you for sharing that, Mark. It was a new idea for me that uh, I just heard about last week that I am absolutely going to uh, use to create a, uh, to try to create a, a new event as well as a engaging culture. Along those lines, what would you say to male leaders to encourage them to be an ally in this diversity space? I talk about making, we need to make the pie bigger. And what I mean by that is there are men that think that more opportunities for women might equal less opportunities for men, or that is a zero-sum game. And that is absolutely not true. Creating opportunities for women makes the pie bigger. There can be more opportunities for everyone. I think sometimes there's a scarcity theory that some men kind of feel that, oh, if I have to look out for myself and I, I want to try to dispel that as much as anything. Then the other thing I would also encourage male leaders is they need to take more vocal steps uh, with their team. And what I mean by that is take a stand and reach out. Uh, create opportunities, create stretch assignments, be more vocal about what uh, our innovation and what, what you're trying to achieve with your teams and why diversity, including women, means to our team and why that's so important. So I think when I say encourage, I, th I would encourage them to be bold uh, and, and remove that what I call scarcity theory of uh, let's, let's try to make this pie bigger because we're, we are creating uh, we're, we're creating more space uh, and we need women in leadership roles, but also in uh, part of the culture and the employee workforce in general. And we've got to get them more engaged and not just engaged, or let me rephrase, not just involved, but engaged. Absolutely. Engagement is the real key there. And it's, you can show up, but you need to be a participant actively. It really is. You have to be in a engaged participant, adding women is a force multiplier and uh, diversity of experience will bring greater innovation. And that background, that experience, uh, we need that. And that's what uh, diversity means to me. Thanks for that, Mark. 
Last few questions here. Do you sure. do you have any he for sweet swag? I do not. And I actually did. I, I want one of those purple t-shirts. And unfortunately, I, I went on to the Amazon link and unfortunately only size small available right now. So I'm hoping that uh, I can get one for myself. Well, we'll have to see what we can do about that when we see you in Indianapolis. I can't wait. Before we let you go, can you tell us the best place to get barbecue in Atlanta? Oh, you're striking a, a very sensitive nerve. I, I would hate to, uh, I'm going to have to pick between my favorite children here, uh, but uh, it's a tough one. But I'd have to go with the local barbecue spot. It's literally right across the street from my house. It's called DBA Barbecue, but it's, uh, but it's a close second to uh, uh, Fox Brothers Barbecue here in Atlanta is really quite good. So I'd highly recommend the barbecue scene in Atlanta, if you get a chance, uh, is very rich. So please, uh, please come and see us. I have written both of those names down for places to try when I'm next in Atlanta. Mark, thank you so much for taking the time to speak with us today. I think your comments about the importance of mentoring and male allies opening the space for women to succeed in engineering and technology and the importance of diverse voices and an inclusive environment to really create future opportunities, encourage innovation, and ensure future sustainability have really hit home for me personally, and I suspect a lot of our listeners as well. Well, thanks so much for asking. I really enjoy being a part of it. I want to be part of the change and for innovation and sustainability. Uh, thanks again. I'm going to look forward to seeing you in Indianapolis in just a few weeks. Agreed. Can't wait. Thanks, Rachel. Thank you. I'm Rachel Morford. For all of us at SWE, thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Diverse. If you feel inspired to make a positive change in your career, make sure to register for SWE's professional development workshops by visiting www.exec.swe.org and www.advancedlearning.swe.org. Please don't forget to leave us a review on your preferred podcast platform and share this episode with your social network. Thanks for listening.